Welcome to the Mega Pickles. I'm your host, Chris Dickinson. We are here for another fantastic episode. Welcome in again, Bruce. How are you, my friend? Feeling fantastic. Yeah. Have you spent any uh, big photography bucks lately? Oh, gee. Um, let's see. How bad is my addiction this week? No, I, I haven't spent any money this week, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking at things. I'm How, looking at the new ultra lightweight, uh, super telephotos, you know, that are only the price of a small car and, uh, doing my best to avoid uh, pulling the trigger, but you know, me one hey, of these days I will, I got a deal for you. Yeah. How about you give me access to your entire library of images uh-huh. and I'll post them, but I'll give you photography credit. We'll call it exposure bucks. Can we do Oh, that? deal. Yeah. Deal. That's a great deal. I'll do, you just, you just do whatever you want with them. Yeah. That's <laughs> that, that is a pet peeve. We're, we're, we're going to address the, the cost of photography, uh, both in financial terms and in terms of, uh, you know, commitment, emotional commitment. You got to really commit to this just like you have to. If you're going to be good at anything, you got to jump in with both feet. And uh, financially, it's it's a challenge. Uh, this is a mechanical art form with a constantly changing tool set. But uh, if you manage to figure out a way to uh, commercialize it, uh, charge for it, it can not only pay for the equipment, but it can also pay for your kid's education Maybe that shiny new set of spurs, maybe those particularly woolly uh, chaps, uh, you know, the sky's the limit. Chris, sky's up. the limit. Yeah. <laughs> on on any given any given day um, a, across my social media platforms, um, even in my email, probably half a dozen emails a day I get from people that or companies, not necessarily people, but companies that want me to participate in some type of, um, you know, images for exposure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, uh, my own beginning, Bruce, as far as the cost of photography, you know, it's really appealing because Mm -hmm. I, you need to get your name out there from a Mm -hmm. business standpoint, you have to saturate the market with your product, with your service. And so, you you know, I, I did that. There are, oh, shoot, I did that for, oh, the first couple of years. I wasn't afraid to take on, you know, I, I'm going to use air quotes here, but I wasn't afraid to take on the free jobs for the relationship. Just because I was giving something for free didn't mean it doesn't have value. So if there was a relationship that I could build off of, you know, maybe I'm just throwing out an example, um, you know, a farrier. If there was a relationship that I could build from that and get exposure to something else, I would absolutely take that job on. There was even jobs that I took event job wise for horses that allowed me um, uh, the access to others. So Mm -hmm. I could make um, single, you know, single portraits or this rider and their horse and some portraits out of that, which leads to, um, shoot, I don't know, high school senior portraits or, Mm -hmm. you know, paid jobs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an event cascade kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, doing pro bono work, doing freebies uh, is 
perfectly fine as long as you manage it well. You know, barter, you were describing barter. You might need to have some horses shooed and uh, trading out some imagery to a farrier uh, would be a, a, a very good way to do that and not get the big government involved. But uh, if you, if, we have to value our work. Number one, we have to value our work. If we don't, no one else will. Now, that said, you need to be a, a strong self-critic and you have to make sure that you are doing work that is uh, of a quality that, that uh, you know, is appropriate to ask for a good paycheck. But, uh, and that's a sliding scale. You know, you can work with somebody on a small scale and they, uh, it's, it's something where you can exercise your chops. You can get a little better at a task. You can, uh, try out a new camera and you can give them a smoking deal. As you know, from many conversations we've had in the past, anytime I do any kind of a, a, a freebie or a pro bono style shoot, I always deliver it with an invoice that breaks down what this costs. Everybody likes free. Everybody thinks that a free photographer is a fantastic photographer. You'll never get as much admiring smoke blown up your butt as you will <laughs> if you're giving away stuff for free. But when you put on there that, okay, this was I was four hours portal to portal. Uh, I charge this much per hour for travel time, this much time for shooting, a kit fee, um, processing, and X number of finished images is this much money. And then professional courtesy, no charge. If you're, tr you know, if you're really doing that to try to establish a relationship, you want to establish a relationship that you have a price, you have a value, and you are giving them a smoking deal right now. It's not going to be the freebies forever. There are people that will drop you in a second as soon as they realize they actually have to pay for it. And you want to be rid of them. You don't want those, those people as clients. And uh, people respect it. You know, you jokingly referred to exposure bucks, but man, we hear it all the time. Oh, just come do this, you know, shoot in Borneo. It'll be such great exposure for you. Ah, you know. <laughs> I limit my exposure to what I get in the cameras. We can get all of the sort of uh, imagery out there that we want to through platforms like Instagram. So you have plenty of opportunities for your work to be seen. The, the critical thing is to find clients that want that work. Um, show what you want to do is something that I was told early on by an art director at a big magazine in New York. He said, show what you want to do. Don't show something that people responded super well to that you don't like. Uh, show what you want to do, and and then you will attract that kind of clients. Once you once you have a client, uh, or you have somebody that that needs a image uh, creation, uh, bring budget into it at an early point. Say, you know, what kind of budget do you have for this? You're using it to advertise your your breeding operation, for example. You know, you need some stud images. Uh, that's got a value. They're, they're, they're studying that, that horse or, or bull out probably at pretty good numbers. So it's fair for a percentage of that to be spent on advertising. And you can make that critter look a lot better than they can with their iPhone. So there's a value there. I generally, when trying to, people always go, how do I figure out what to charge? How do I figure out what to charge? Ask them what they have. I always ask them what they have. If there's complete confusion there and they've not even considered it, then you go into creating some numbers and you should have some numbers in your head. 
X number of dollars an hour. Maybe you're locally $40 an hour, maybe 60 an hour, maybe 100 an hour. When you get to the loftier elevations, you know, you'll have a good uh, per hour, per day price and maybe a minimum of a day price. Uh, and you'll still do some favors. You know, a, a magazine cover for a fashion magazine, if you were to do a cover for Vogue magazine, you might get 800 bucks. But if you then land the perfume account that's inside the cover, you might get $100,000 for that account. So there's stupid amounts of money available at the loftier places, but you have to get there by proving that you are excellent at each rung on the ladder. Not, you know, not, uh, not everybody is a business person and the business acumen comes in time. Um, whereas in this day and age, you hear that old saying, everybody is a photographer. And that may be true. Every one of us have a, we have a camera in our phone and you can go out and take a picture. You're still covered under the same copyright laws that you would be, even if you aren't a professional at this. Yeah. But not everybody is a business person. And I would remind people that when, you, when you're first starting out, just because somebody wants you to take pictures of their family and they live 50 miles away in your rural, it doesn't necessarily give you the right to charge a professional rate just because they're asking you to leave your rural house. Mm-hmm. You can you can charge appropriately. You can even do it for no charge for exposure if you're starting out. That's an mm-hmm. okay thing to do. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you're undercutting the entire industry by continuing to not charge a fee at all, it's hurting everybody else. And you have to remember that that tide brings up the entire fleet, not just, not just one boat. Yeah. It either dumps them all in the mud together or it elevates them. Uh, that's for sure. And, um, you know, charging uh, appropriately to your client, you know, if it's a family, that's one price. If it's a family that's got, uh, you know, uh, 10 horse haulers and a, a full string of polo ponies, that's another family. You know, that there are different uh, levels there. And um, if you're working for an advert, uh, you know, a, a product, uh, you know, Levi's or you're, you're working for uh, Ford trucks. That there's, they expect to pay. I've lost jobs on the high end because I wasn't high enough. I, that just befuddled me because I always keep a very sharp pencil when I'm doing a budget. But I learned the hard way uh, when one of my clients wasn't my client all of a sudden because I hadn't made the budget big enough. They marked up my budget to their client. It was an ad agency in this case. They added 35% to whatever I was charging. So if I was charging less than the next guy, they made less money. Sure. Duh, duh, you know. But um, when you get down to just getting started, you know, you you have to stop and think about it. Uh, the the time that you spend, being careful not to overpromise. You know, mm-hmm. it's one thing to give away the photography; it's another thing to give away eighteen million hours of Photoshop retouching. You know, because that person uh, wore the wrong shirt. You know, or <laughs> and you got to take the logos off of all of them. Uh, so you know, I think as we we tease out and get more into the nitty gritty of it. There's basically a shooting charge. There's uh, some kind of a post-processing charge. If there's any kind of print or other kind of fulfillment involved, that's another charge. 
I uh, managed a long time ago because, well, when I moved from being a still photographer to being a cinematographer and working with motion picture cameras, very few people owned big Panavision cameras, big Aeroflexes and all that. These are cameras that cost 500000 to a million bucks. So it's just not something you own, you rent it. And so that became very easy to be a pass-through. If a client wanted slow motion running horses, like I years ago I shot thoroughbreds for one of the racetracks and down in the mud with the horses coming into turn one with me down there trying not to get stompled to death. That was something that required a specific slow motion camera, required a super telephoto, it required specialized equipment. And they, they expect to be charged for that. Now, we could create that same kind of an expectation in the stills world if we just had a little bit of uni, uh, unification. If we, you know, if we sort of spoke among ourselves and said, you know what, let's just have it be that there's a $100 kit fee because you got to show up with cameras and lenses. And then if they want you to do something special, okay, well, that's, I got to rent something. Because literally, you don't have to own all the equipment. I mean, I, I find it very convenient to own equipment because I'm in a flyover city. I'm not in as big of a place as you are. Uh, there's no camera stores within. I, I'm an hour and a half from the closest camera store. So uh, you can certainly rent. But if I want to just on a whim to go out and shoot something, if I don't have the gear, I can't go shoot it on a whim. So I own probably more than I should. But uh, yeah, you could uh, put yourself out there with owning zero equipment as long as you had the expertise to operate the equipment that you rented. You could rent it in for a week, shoot a few personal projects and shoot a job, let the job pay for it. You've now decided whether you like that camera, that company, that lens, whatever. It's it's uh, there, there, there are many... Uh, prudent and uh, clever ways to get around the cost of photography, but it is at its heart an expensive medium. Not as bad as it used to be when you had to pay for film and you had to pay for processing, but it's still an expensive medium because it's constantly evolving. Uh, another thing that I would add to this from the business side of things is the expectation of communication. It, it is your responsibility as the photographer that's being hired to communicate with your client. And that means communicating pricing. Because if you come into a job and let's say you haven't been charging for that job, and then all of a sudden on the next time you go out for them, you charge, there's mm -hmm. going to be a problem. You're gonna yeah, that's where the that's where that uh, pro bono invoice comes in. Yeah. You're you're preparing them for the inevitable that it's not always going to be that. And I, I've had the bait and switch thing too, where somebody would come in. And this would be a big ad agency. They go, "Oh, we need to do a public service campaign for the Humane Society or something," and there's no money for it. But they have to produce a certain amount. Amount uh, network television channels have to to air a certain amount of public service stuff. There's generally never any budget, but they often uh, dangle the carrot of, if you just do this thing for this public service announcement, I'll consider you for this big campaign. Well, that can, that's kind of close to exposure bucks. I, I tended yeah. over time. I went, give me that big campaign and I owe you three or four uh -huh. public services. You know, uh, you can flip it around. You can flip the script. If you, act like a businessman. I was, I was at a point in my career 
oh, maybe five years ago that I was hit up by uh, uh, the assistant to a well-known actor-director. They were doing a horse movie. They wanted me out in California as a still photographer uh, for two days covering covering the release event and we we had spent probably 48 hours just coming up with the numbers and when i when i sent them an invoice not an invoice when i sent them an estimate for what mm-hmm. it would be the assistant mm-hmm. came back and actually told me that they don't have a budget for it at all that mm-hmm. they thought that i would come out for exposure that mm-hmm. we'll use all of your images and mm-hmm. the you know, the the director would then in turn use my images and give me credit uh, as they posted them. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I've, I've seen the same thing. And, same and, thing. I, and I backed out of it. I, yeah. I, no, I, I can't afford to do that. I, no. Maybe in the beginning, you know, maybe in the beginning I would say absolutely. Yeah, boy, that would be a great exposure bump for me. I'm all over it. But now two days away without any pay. I can't afford mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I worked on uh, whatever that uh, uh, extreme home makeover show. Uh, I was came in and they asked me to come in and create a bunch of decor art because I'm a digital painter. I do use Corel Painter software to do uh, digital renderings, and this was a, a a family that rescued big cats lions and tigers and such and they just lived in a hovel out in the middle of the desert and had these terrible pens for these tigers that had were from roadside zoos and all that and they they did a full-on rebuild and um, i was asked to come in and photograph all the big cats and do these heroic paintings for a tiger encounter center which i did i drove to california uh, raced to california shot the cats before they put them into another uh, facility for the four or five days it took to build the uh, encounter center and uh, then raced back with the images finished printed uh, stretched on canvas framed and the trade out on that was i got a credit i got a credit on the show i didn't know there was such a thing as half point type i finally saw i saw my credit when i went to the website i had to go in there and i my credit was there with the guys that provided the crispy cream donuts to the crew <laughs> I mean, it was so buried and so tiny. It was like a pixel. Each character was a pixel tall. But hey, I enjoyed doing it because I like to mess around with uh, tranquilized tigers. Who doesn't? But uh, it, there's there's always opportunities for people to uh, assume assume things that you don't want them to assume. You talked about a, a yep. basically writing a budget uh, called a scope of work. You know, if somebody wants you to do something, oh, hey, listen, we got this thing going on. You're such a great photographer. Love you. Love your work. Love your work. You know, could you pop over and, you know, do this? Uh, so then you write a scope of work. It's I have to travel to the location. I have to do this. I'm going to provide you with specific things. And it's especially important once the money is there because, you know, some people are going to go, okay, that's fair. Because once they see what's involved in it, and they understand that this isn't a hobby for you. This is how you pay for your truck payment and and buy your groceries. But uh, uh, you still want to be very specific about what you're providing because somebody could go, hey, I I paid for those. I own all those files and I can secondarily sell those. You, you, I've had people that took my imagery uh, and, and turned it into 
stuff that they were selling, you know, yep. like, uh, and, uh, they were shocked that that wasn't something that you could do, you know? Um, so you need to, you need to come to an understanding of what the, uh, legalities are around image capture and image distribution. You know, you really need to have model releases. Uh, I'll just go back to that extreme, uh, home makeover show. When I got out of my car, there was a production assistant met me at the door and I had to sign a release saying that I knew that I was on a film set and I could be, my image could be captured and I was cool with them using it in any way, including humiliating me. Now, I had to sign <laughs> that before I could walk up to ask where I was supposed to be. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's lots of interesting nuance of, around it. I, I, I would go back to your, earlier mention of the business aspect of this, I'd almost say uh, it'd be better to get a degree. I've got a degree in fine art and I'm mm. classically trained in, in photography and illustration and painting and other things. But uh, a business degree almost would have been better because the creativity is kind of in me. And uh, certainly I, I benefited enormously from the four years I would do it again. Uh, but there's so much of that that you can pick up, you know, online and through tutorials and through things like we're trying to do. But uh, ultimately, uh, uh, understanding business, understanding the cost of goods, cost of doing business, uh, overhead, what you what you got to make in order to survive mm -hmm. at it uh, is all stuff that you, you know, you come from the business world. I come from the artsy fartsy world. So I think you automatically figured that out quicker than I did. I just was uh, lucky enough to bumble through. I got opportunity after opportunity, and they were fairly fruitful ones. So it was hard for me to screw it up. But uh, that was then. This is now. There's a lot of people out there competing for the same a slice of that limited pie. And uh, you know, you need to be you need to be a triple threat. You need to be creative. You need to be business like, and you need to be personable. You know, those things all add up. You, you have to have all three components in order to work as a pro. Let me throw in a couple other business anecdotes here on, of course, the photography side. And that is when you, when you start working for bigger brands, and we're talking world-renowned brands, not just you know, something local or regional, um, expect to be tied up in legal documents such as oh, yeah. a, a non-disclosure agreement that is commonplace. And that non-disclosure agreement, you know, some things to look out for there, not to make us all contracty, but the length of time that they tie you up in, in the amount of time that you can't talk about the job that you're doing. And then also the, the thing that I always recommend to those that I mentor personally is, um, you know, don't be offended when somebody wants to negotiate. You know, yeah. our, our budget is not black and white. Um, my budget is never black and white. In fact, I've found more often than not, people like to negotiate. And, mm -hmm. and it's not, don't take offense to that. If they say, oh, you charge $3,000 for your day rate, will you take 1500 No, I won't take $1,500. i will take 2000 and a case of beer. <laughs> black but, tar heroin yeah. go for the heroin you can always resell it beer you can get at any corner store don't yeah don't be offended if if people want to negotiate and i would absolutely expect um i expect that people do negotiate sometimes they don't but you know on on the flip side of things i've also had um i've also had a client 
tell me to my face, you have to know that you're in, in this one particular setting. They said, you have to know that you're the most expensive photographer. And my response was, even the cheapest photographer is expensive to somebody. Yeah, right. Don't be it's afraid I, to make money. Yeah. It's not that I'm expensive. It's that you don't have an adequate budget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, I, I know I've, known photographers with di differing philosophies on them. Some of them won't cut their creative fee at all, but they'll give a, a break on some other aspect of the job because they yep. just don't like to set that precedent. But yeah. And, and going into a job, you know, uh, and uh, I, I got to go to my first job was taking a picture of a package of a rat poison sitting, <laughs> sitting on a white sweep. And I think I made a hundred dollars for it. And I was, you know, I was, I was a pro, man. I was a pro, but uh, so there, there can be some some terrible jobs, and they actually should pay more. But uh, uh, I generally go into a situation with an idea in my head, you know, what I'm going to do, and therefore I know how I'm going to do it. And when I know how I'm going to do it, I know what it's going to cost because, you know, I can if I have to travel, there's expenses there. If I'm an overnight, there's expenses there. If I need specialized equipment, there's expenses there. Whatever. Yep. But so I'll have a number in mind, but I always ask. I always ask because on many occasions they've got more budget than I was I was uh expecting. And uh, I don't like to leave money on the table. Yeah. And then the other thing is when I'm asking, I'm saying, look, I'm asking because I don't know if you've got a Yugo budget or if you've got a Bentley Turbo R budget. I want to give you every dime's worth of quality that you have. You know, whatever amount of money you have, I'll deliver the best I can. But don't make me think about stuff that you can't possibly afford doing. Because I, you know, and in my case, I got a little bit of an advantage because I go, I've worked with all the bigs, you know, I've shot for all the car companies and all the beer companies and all the tobacco companies and all the soft drink companies. <laughs> and so, you know, uh, you, it, once, once you get to a point where you've done a bunch of stuff like that, you can say, look, you know, I, I understand how this works, you know, and, and there are big jobs and there are little jobs. Yours could be a medium job. I don't know where you fall. And you know, quite often they're adequately funded and then you can, you know, turn it on, really just go at it. Like, like you're, you're trying to win the Daytona 500 and just go for it. But other times you, you have to really rein it in. A couple other things that come to mind on this topic is uh, after you're, you know, after you do sign your non-disclosure agreement, when you're working with a global brand, um, it, you, it's not likely you have a lot of leverage. In fact, you, you probably have zero leverage, but you know, the, the carrot is your paycheck as well. And, and can you get that same amount from the next job that you do? And when you're just starting out, likely it's that answer is no. One thing that I always, that I've been successful at in all the contracts that I've signed is to reserve the right to self-promotion. I am a freelance photographer and going through the contract, you know, the professional services agreement, most times, you know, the, this, this is just one of those things. Most times they don't add in a clause that says, um, Hey, you're, you're going to sign over the copyright or something like that. Mm -hmm. I'm totally fine doing that, mm -hmm. but I have to reserve the right for self-promotion, but no mm -hmm. sooner than the client publishes first. Right. You know, don't ever, don't ever go out there and take pictures on a commercial basis 
and then post them before the client does oh, because you won't be working for them death. again. Yeah. Kiss of death. Yeah, because it's only news when it's news. And yep. if you, you you actually devalue it by and, – and I won't let people post – you know, crew people are not allowed to post Instagram shots oh. from the set. No way. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, – it, Single use is another thing, you know, like if mm-hmm. the budget is limited, they have single use, non-exclusive use. You know, yeah. if, if, if you want to figure out a way to make it move up, you go, okay, you, you want exclusive rights to this. I never use it for anything else. Well, that's this kind of money. If you want just this usage and I can resell it for whatever, you know, and maybe you run into a restaurant that wants to use that, that same image, uh, huge in all their restaurants or, or, or in, in the clothing store. Um, awesome. Uh, you maintain that, right? That's a way to make that image pay for itself multiple times. And so uh, that warrants giving them a little bit of a break. If they want exclusive, then they got to pay it. If they want to be able to sub-license it, and I run into this sometimes with some of my industry clients where I'm sponsored by Canon and SanDisk and Aerie and uh, – a variety of companies, but, uh, uh, the imagery that I do for them is, is just for them. If they start licensing and sometimes in the contract, it says they can license it out to other brands or affiliates. I, I watch that very carefully because that's a job that I can't get, you know, mm-hmm. anytime there's multiple uses of the same image and I'm not getting paid for it, I'm getting screwed out of being able to shoot a new job for that client. So there, there's a lot of nuance in business. And I think both you and I have, done some online mentoring with people one-on-one to help them work through stuff. Yep. But uh, it, it's it's a moving target. That's just all there is to it. Uh, there is no there there. There's no one particular number. But uh, I, I suppose in a, maybe in one of these episodes come up, we talk about the most common type of uh, professional photography there is, wedding photography or family <laughs> portraiture, because you can pretty much do that in, uh, you know, Peoria or Podunk or Pacoima, wherever you're at, there's going to be somebody getting married. And, uh, you know, before, if you can get the, the stuff delivered before the, the wedding is annulled, you're making bank. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, uh, that's a good way to lead us out and, uh, a future episode, Bruce, Give us some uh, final thoughts on what turned into the cost of photography. Oh, my gosh. It is a mechanical medium. We require highly specialized tools. You can design your style and your approach to use minimal tools, and that's a way you can control your costs. You can be the guy that offers anything and everything at any time, and that's your cost. So there's, there's room for everybody. Um, you'll, you'll, you'll get a hang of it, the hang of it once you start getting in there and, and punching it out with the clients, figuring out the numbers. Yeah. There is no substitute for experience, even, you know, going out and copying somebody's prices off their website. You have to be able to support those. And Bruce talked about that as far as the expectations go, uh, when it comes to photography. So, With that, we are going to hop our little pickle cells back in the jar and get back in the refrigerator. (laughs) That was fun, Chris. See you next time. See you, Bruce.